I just listened to the previous episode of Tentative, and I think they botched the intro. <laughs> so let's. Well, we can either try to top that, or just not try, and it will still be better. Okay. How did I didn't I didn't <laughs> listen to that one yet? So how does how did they botch the intro? How can we do better? I don't know. I think I think you should give it a listen. <laughs> like Kyle typically wants like to do like he wants to do these jingles, but I like, like the music intro. Does... Like like no no no. Oh. But like this is this is like actually singing the jingle. Oh, you know, it's like voice jingle or something. Is it is it different every episode? No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I typically I don't let him try. So last week I wasn't there, so he just went for it. We're going rogue, no intro. I mean, maybe I should say who I am. Uh, it's your second episode, though, yeah, right? Yeah, but that was like, that so was like two not... years ago. I don't know. I'm Brenda. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. I'm Brenda Storer. Hi. I'm a designer yes. at ThoughtBot in New York City. <laughs> How's New York? It's great. This is the best time of the year in New York because it's not too hot yet. It's not cold anymore, really. It's kind of cold today. Nice. But when there's a really nice day like this Sunday, there was, it was like 83 degrees. I, and I went out to Central Park and I think everybody in the city was out in Central Park. Everybody gets really, really excited when there's those really nice days in New York. I'm actually coming to Stockholm in June. Really? Last time I was there was December and it was dark the whole time. <laughs> No, I don't think that's a good time to be here. I think June is perfect, and that's really good news. Yeah, but we've been having a kind of really weird like weather this this week. There was some point this like past weekend where it was snowing, and but there was the sun what? as well. So I don't know. I've never seen that before. Okay, well I'm not. It was interesting. I'm not going to tolerate that <laughs> in June. So make sure that that is all that sorted be out. Fine. We'll sort it out. Yeah, we'll we'll figure okay. it out. So, how have you been? Like, what have you been up to? I've actually been really nerding out on CSS Grid layout. Have uh -huh. you gotten to play with that at all yet? Not really. We briefly mentioned it uh, in episode 36 when I recorded with Jack. I just mentioned it. But no, I didn't have time to actually sit down and look at it. How is it? What do you think? I think it's really cool. So we've been hosting or like offering a space for a meetup in New York City called CSS Layout Club. And it's hosted by Jen Simmons and Malika Butler. And Jen Simmons is part of the CSS3 working group. So I love, I love getting all the inside scoop of, of all of the <laughs> stuff that goes on in there and the history behind things and the politics. It's so interesting. But she has so much good stuff on the web about grid layout and Rachel Andrew as well. And so just been kind of since I've been hosting it, giving them the space, I have to attend, which is great because it forces <laughs> me to because it's so, so easy. It's also really interesting because we used to we don't have a huge office. We probably can fit like 30 to 40 people comfortably at a meetup. But when we cap yeah, right. the meetup at that amount, like 10 people show up. So uh -huh. we've started to just let it be. And like last month, 120 people RSVP'd. And I thought, well, this could be really interesting. I don't know how this is going to go. And 
35, 40 people showed up. So it was like actually perfect. This is the worst <laughs> part of organizing meetups is this. It just drove me insane for the years I was heavily involved in the meetup scene here. It's just not, it's not fun. And I tried like sending the reminders thing and tried all sorts of things, but still. But if you host a meetup, you have to go. So, and it's great. So I've, I've found I've actually used it in production in a couple of places because you can use the at supports mm-hmm. as a fallback. It's a perfect, like if you just do at supports, display grid, and then just put all your grid code in there and then have the default be your, you know, for your fallback for non-grid, it works really well. And since it's it's out now in Safari, Chrome, and Firefox, it's pretty well covered. And it's really fun. Like I've when I've used it, I'll like have a problem in my mind and then I'll think, okay, well, I'm going to try and solve this with the grid first and see if I can do it. And I do it and it's super easy and I'm done in like 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, great. And then I'm like, now how wow. am I going to fall back on this? And then I'm back to like old CSS layout problems <laughs> and like negative margins and horrible things. So I've found it to be when I've used it really, really interesting and like new units and like kind of revolutionary, I think. I think it's going to pick up steam but it's still it's still the Microsoft problem. Yeah, but no one cares anymore. <laughs> well, I don't know. I wish that was totally the case, but they care less. Edge yeah. still matters. But Edge is, supports Grid now. Or? It's actually Grid is originally from Microsoft. They're the ones who started it in the first place like six years mm-hmm. ago. But then it was picked up by, I guess it was Bloom, Bloomberg actually wanted a way to make like charts and graphs on the web and paid a consultancy software place in Spain to create it for Safari and Chrome for WebKit browsers. And that like propelled Mm -hmm. it forward. So that's been worked on for like five years. And then Firefox has been working on it to implement it. And then it all shipped like in a month. Five years, you know, that's an eternity in web speed. Right? I mean, also because they didn't <laughs> prefix this, like there's some prefixed version, there's an old prefix version in like IE 11 and in Edge, but it doesn't work quite the same. So I just kind of don't want to deal with it. Yeah. But Edge is now working on doing the updated version. But of course, Internet Explorer will never get it. But it's still, um, it's kind of sad that like that, you know, they still they were like ahead of it. And then they dropped it. And then now they like lost all the cool cred they could have gotten for doing this. Yeah. It would effectively make all grid frameworks obsolete. I'm wondering about that because I don't think it's going to do that. I mean, I also, I ask you a question. Do you use grid frameworks? Not much anymore. I don't either. Why don't you use them? Well, it's, I think Flexbox has filled some of the need. Not always, but... Sometimes it's just I have like a couple of pages I have to make and I don't want to bring a like a grid framework and, and all of that. And I haven't been doing any complex level of UIs for the web, so I didn't really feel the need. I'm using just like plain CSS and Flexbox every once in a while when I have a, you know, a list of things that need to to be presented in a nice way. So that's probably the reason why I'm I'm 100% sure there is a lot of needs for CSS grids, but personally right now I don't have any. I feel the same way that I just, I'll usually just am doing like a quarter and a three quarter 
column layout or something and that's being reused everywhere but i don't feel like any of the sites i've been working on have the need for a strict grid layout system and i think also because i'm usually either it's just me and maybe one other front end person or just me working on something when i am that for me too the the whole grid framework feels heavy Mm. so i am curious i'm not sure if it's gonna replace i think it could but there might be like a need in the grid framework that I don't understand because I'm not working on those websites. Maybe it could be used as the like underlying technology or some grid frameworks. Like you would still use the same, you know, the same mix-ins and the same functions as before. But instead of like, you know, the grid framework itself would be using CSS grid and falling back to something else if it's not there. I think that's one, yeah. one use that would be really good for, you know, for grid frameworks is that if they take care of the fallback for you. Yeah. You know, now I'm like continuing to think about it. I think maybe the benefit of a grid framework is promoting consistency, right? Yeah. So oh, like true. CSS grid will let you do anything. So there has to be a way to like write it in a way that can be reusable. Like you just have to write in a smart way to make it reusable and people know how to use it to create the same kind of column layouts on different pages or something. I think that I think that's like one of the main differences right. but but it offers like so much like I, ma- I made a layout I put on my co-pen that's like just an article layout that I like kind of visualized and I was like I don't know how I'm gonna solve this and then I did it in grid and I was like I don't know how I'm gonna write this as a fallback I just am not going to because this is just for me <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway <laughs> but it, but like the ability to have like fixed grid widths along with like flexible grid widths and how or column widths and that the columns will like calculate for you what to do without you having to write media queries and tell it yeah. what to do is really fun and powerful, I think. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm nerding out on that right now. Okay. So I gotta, I gotta check it out. It also like speaks a lot of the same language as Flexbox, which is nice, but then has more. Really? I don't like how, <laughs> what, like the language Flexbox speaks. It's, it's I still to this day I can't remember if it's justify content or is it align items or something like that it's just like I feel like the API flexbox is not user friendly I mean sure if you use it every day you remember it but if you're like me where like you come back to it every couple of weeks or even more then I always have to look it up again like what was that again oh yeah I have a cheat sheet that I that is like first I type in like two letters and my browser knows exactly where to go because I go to it all the time. It's like a flex nice. I should have something like that. But it's cool. I mean, at least it it would mean that you will spend less time reading up about it since it's using similar terminology. I guess that's better if it's like, if we have to learn it for one thing, we might as well be able to use it on other <laughs> things too. <laughs> at least we're not learning a whole nother new thing. Totally. Yeah, I will, I will take a look. I was actually also trying to have a look at uh, the new version of neat oh yeah that our friend will is doing some really amazing job on but i didn't have a chance to do that either as i said i don't feel like i i do a lot of work nowadays that require css grids so but if if i do then I'll, i'll definitely take a look at that what are you working on these days so we were talking right before recording and i was saying that i'm working at a product company right now and we're launching a product five weeks from now and secret product 
Yeah, because it's uh, yeah, it's 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 not it's not for consumers. So it's a it's a retail product. It's for retailers. So it's been a bit challenging in the sense that there's a lot of stuff that gets thrown your way while you're actually working on the thing. So but the well the good thing is that now we're trying to do design sprints for every new feature or like new part of the the product we try to do this so actually this week was a design sprint week today we did the prototyping because we did it with the staggered design sprint so we, st- we started it wednesday so it was wednesday thursday and today and then we'll do the testing either monday or, or tuesday we'll see how big is your team are you leading all the sprints or so it's less than 15 so it's still a oh, small nice. company i am leading the design efforts and basically a lot of product stuff too but it's mostly like the overall like design of the app the the different basically it's an app it's an ipad app it's been a while i haven't done ipad apps too so it's it's been challenging that aspect as well the ipad is quite unique is that in the sense that it's not a bigger iphone like you have to put more thinking into which ui patterns to use etc most of the difficulty is not really in in the medium itself but it's in defining the problem and solving it is in the most efficient way possible this is an app that's going to be used by professionals and these professionals of course are already in business so they already have an existing solution and will be replacing it with something else so it becomes extremely difficult to do everything at once so like you want to have an efficient like app and also have a really good looking ui and also have it user tested and also have all the bells and whistles so it it ends up being a little bit too much to actually handle if you're not Mm -hmm. organized so that's basically what i'm working on trying to put some order and you know prioritize know what needs to be done first what because as you asked earlier like one of the big differences between working in a product company and with clients is that at a product company you're pretty much your own client (laughs) like of course you have stakeholders and etc like and business partners and all of that but you should also be aware of like where you want this product to be and you should make some hard decisions sometimes like yeah we know this is not good but we will leave that for now and do something else and it's sometimes it's a bit painful if you like to have things as good as they can be. So you need to come to terms with like the limitations of that you have, the time or budget or whatever. I mean, we have to do that in a way in client work too. Yeah, that's true. I was just thinking about that. It's similar. <laughs> I, I feel like I just got off of that, of a project that was really like that, where it was, it was a fixed engagement. So it was like a fixed budget. Mm. And so that meant that it had to be like there had to be hard choices and we had to like we knew we weren't gonna tie things up in a nice bow because you can only really have that if you don't have a fixed deadline you know like yeah so it was making like a lot of those calls and but then you know talking to stakeholders to try and get tease out you know the priorities and yeah i guess the difference is that I'm not talking about every product company out there. Like companies are different. They do things different. But at least the way the place where I'm working right now and the way we're doing things is that a lot of these 
we just have to convince ourselves really like the stakeholders are not that hands-on with the product like okay they have an idea of where things should be but they won't be like oh this button is misplaced or this doesn't look right so that's good in a sense <laughs> you want we, that. yeah we have that sort of control but at the same time as far as i'm concerned that's not any better i am my worst boss i think so <laughs> when i'm judging like my work and and the work of the uh, of my team then i definitely like look at it and say this is not good this is not where we want to be i'm not proud of this sort of but you have to be realistic so you can't let's just you know like be spending time polishing a button like gradient or something where you know that there are some critical features missing or some usability parts are really hurting and stuff like that. So you have to prioritize. How do you tell yourself when to let go? How do you know when you need to let go of something and move on? I guess every Friday or like every planning meeting, <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> see you see how many things need to be done and the time that you have. And also be like been dabbling a lot with iOS development as well, because sometimes the design is not the biggest blocker, but like the bandwidth to actually implement it. So I wore my developer hat also like every once in a while. I would say even like 50-50 sometimes, because the way I think about it is that if we don't even have this feature, like we won't even like we can have it designed in Sketch because that's where I did most of the initial designs. But if it's not there, like it's not going to be any good. So might as well just try to implement some of it, even if it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really fun. A lot of interesting challenges. And also from the aspect of building a team, I think that's also really exciting, at least for me. It's like all the process of like finding people who are really excited and about the like you know what we're doing and hiring them and then onboarding them and then seeing that team grow and that culture also grow i think this is something really interesting that i found a lot of pleasure in doing as well so even when i'm not you know like doing sketch or code then there are some other things that i realize that i enjoy as well did you work for a product before consulting or have you mostly only consulted? I did work for product before, but it was not a good experience because it was a, a big company. I worked for, well, I worked for Orange, oh. their R&D division. And well, I shouldn't be dropping names on a podcast, but hey, I don't care. <laughs> is Orange still around anymore? It is. It's one of the biggest oh. careers in Europe. So oh, it still is? I just okay. guaranteed they will never sponsor this podcast not, oh. not that they will anyway but <laughs> yeah well okay i mean it wasn't like a lot of big companies they have a structure that makes it extremely hard to do the kind of work you want to do the decision making takes forever and a lot of like hierarchy yeah that was my only well it wasn't my only product experience but it was the product experience that made me not want to do product for a while for a very long while because it this was 2010 and I just started doing product in 2017 so it took me seven years to recover from that <laughs> sort of and yeah I mean I don't really think of it like as product or consultant for me like still I do the same job it's just the setting is a slightly different how about you uh did you work for product companies before joining ThoughtBot yeah I worked well right beforehand I was at a startup and before I was at the startup, I was at a design agency. So I've ping-ponged a lot, which is probably 
what kind of led me to consulting was because, I don't know, I think there's definite positive and negatives to both. Like working for a product, it was really great to see something through. And there was kind of more fulfillment in that and more just opportunity for ownership over what you're doing. And also, I think it was a good knowledge to have to bring into now working for client work because I've had to deal with problems I wrote a year earlier, you know, like I've had to live with technical debt. So I think that's something easy to forget about when you're doing client work and you're only on for like a certain amount of period of time. So I'm glad that I had that perspective. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's very true. I I noticed that already. (laughs) Yeah, right. So I'm glad I had that experience for it. But then there's also kind of a lack of control over what is going on in the organization and how it affects you. And so like, I had a great boss who hired me and then she left and then I got a new boss who didn't, I didn't connect with in the same way. And then, then you're stuck, like there you are and, and and how you work it out. And so that's the nice thing about client work is no matter what's going on around it, that's out of your control. It's still only. Yep you don't have to like take it in so much. And I I take things in a lot. Like <laughs> I'm trying to learn how to create a little more distance and um <laughs> and and not get as involved in in my work, but that's hard. That's hard for me. I get really Yeah, it's difficult. Um, I try attached. to do that sometimes too, but people who like their job, it's difficult to do it. I know. I mean, like yeah, I guess the if I do it well enough, that means I don't like my job yep. and then then that's worse. So <laughs> trying not to let it get to me quite so much or take take it so intensely, I guess. But, you know, so then on the consulting side, the variety is good. I mean, I think the it's a different learning opportunity with so much exposure. You also learn faster, like you learn new things faster. Yeah, because you, you can always like you do try something a project, then you you move to another one and you try something slightly different. So you can iterate yeah. on, on things. On the other hand, I noticed that you don't learn some things that like Things like, for instance, how to refactor or like how to like maintain a product over a long period of time that yeah. you won't learn because typically you do something and then it goes away and then it, there comes another thing and it keeps going that way. Yeah, I'm really good at spinning up a new app. Like yeah. <laughs> now, like I've done that so many times. So for instance, just one thing I realized that it's not as easy as I thought is like building a design system or like a framework because like when you're in a product company you can't be just like doing stuff from scratch every time you start a new feature so you need to have some sort of library or whatever like people call them different names like catalog or some some sort of design system that as the team grows they can actually use and i realized that well i have ideas of how to tackle it but i actually have never done it before Ooh, fun Right? Like you typically don't have time or not time, but rather you don't get to that point where you build a design system because you ship the product and that's it. Yeah. And if there's another one, well, fine. We'll just start it with whatever design system we happen to be using now or like design technologies. But it's one thing that right now I need to do. I don't have exactly the time to do it, but I need to do it because I realize that we'll get to that point where we're just copy pasting stuff or like oh how do we do a drop down i don't know we can just look at the last drop down we did and copy it but that's not right there should yeah. be like some sort of i love i yeah. i had one project earlier in the year where i had the opportunity to do that where i was working off of 
some design comps that already existed. And so I decided to build a pattern library and it worked out really well because it also, I started to, instead of making static pages of what things should be or going in and styling something or having to wait for a dev to build something before I could go in and like style it, you know, that kind of back and forth that I have a lot with the developer, I would just build it in the pattern library and then the developer could pick Mm -hmm. it up and place it in and we could work totally separately and I could get Mm. ahead really easily without like cluttering up the actual app. But Mm. I tried to do that on the last project I was at. I was setting up and I was like, this is going to be great. And then (laughs) we never got ahead of (laughs) development. And it just like, (laughs) like I set up this instance of the pattern library and it has like colors and buttons on it and like nothing else because like we never got a chance to do it. But then just right now too, I just jumped onto an existing project and I'm doing exactly what you said, which is like, hmm, I see this button pattern. I wonder if it's anywhere else. And then I kind of like click through <laughs> the whole app and I'm like, oh, there it is. Or, you know, yeah. where it would be really nice to go to a pattern library and pick it up. Yeah. I think that stuff's really fun and really useful, but it is something that you never really will have time to do, but you got to find out how to do it somehow. And I haven't figured it out yet either. So if you figure it out, <laughs> like the, the best, maybe like while you're waiting for PRs to like, go through code review that's when you build something add it to the pattern library or something i don't know maybe well i think i'll have to go more radical than that like sit down and just every time like there's some ui element put it aside and then when i find a duplicate of that then i say okay this is the same as the other one and the reason is well so far until recently i've been the only designer in the project so i could do whatever but now there are more designers so and then the first thing they ask is like, okay, where do I start? And I tell them, yeah, about that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Look at Just the- click through the app. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like it's my responsibility to fix the mess that I kind of created and, and let people like use that as a, you know, a jumping stone, whatever they call that. Um, stepping stone. Stepping stone. Yeah, stepping stone. Okay. That it's 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 actually almost midnight here in Stockholm. So forgive me. Oh, really? My, on a Friday. Yes. <laughs> Oh, wow. Thanks for hanging out with me on a Friday. No, it's it's Night. my pleasure. Well, I would love to like meet up for lunch or something when I'm in Stockholm. Definitely. In June, if you're around. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you. Thanks. You've been listening to Tentative 38. You can find the show notes at tentative.fm slash 38. You can follow us on Twitter at tentativefm on word. Also, please rate us on iTunes and give us five stars. Thank you for listening.